You're listening to Kaniac Sessions with Griff and A.B. Your spot for everything Carolina Hurricane. Hello out there. Glad you could join us on Kaniac Sessions. This is session one. Uh, I'm Griff. That's AB. Kind of decided to do this to, uh, you know, kind of reach out, talk to the fans out there. We are fans ourselves. Um, We're pretty excited to be doing this. Uh, So thanks for joining us and uh, hope you'll join us again in the future. Let's get right into it. So session one, we're going to cover everything from uh, basically, basically this off season, uh, we'll talk about free agent signings. We'll talk about, um, UFAs that have left. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, the major news from today. You may have heard about it and uh, a couple other things, just kind of recapping the entire off season. So, um, AB let's, uh, let's hear, let's hear something from you. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Griff. Excited to be a part of this, and um, we'll just uh, get right into it. So, as you all have seen, probably by the time you're listening to this, uh, Aho just signed a eight-year, nine-point-seven-five AAV deal to stay with Carolina. So, and right now, he is six all-time for the Hurricanes and assists with two hundred and fifty, and he's fifth all-time uh, for the Canes in points with four hundred and sixty-eight. And he's only five points behind of Rod Brendamore, so he's going to pass that this year. And he is fifth all-time in goals with 218 behind Francis, Stahl, Deneen, and Staunton. So he needs 31 goals this season to take third from Deneen. I honestly think that this is a great signing contract-wise because That's you're getting true. a guy for under $10 million who's one of the best two-way centers in the league. Um, great shorthanded, great on the power play. And, you know, just to have a guy like that for eight more years and at a great contract, I think that's all you can ask for for a young center like that, only 26 years old. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, everybody talks about how Rod Brendamore is, you know, is the definition of a hurricane or, or, you know, a hurricane, a Carolina hurricane personified. But really kind of, you know, I would say the same about Ajo, like, um, you know, he's been here from day one. He, you know, it, it was a little rough when, you know, back when the offer sheet, the whole Montreal situation, but, um, you know, you can't blame a guy for, for going after money, getting his money. And I, and I feel like it kind of worked out because even the last contract I feel like wasn't, you know, wasn't bad for either side. No, I mean, the con, the contract was really good after coming off of a rookie contract and him getting that offer sheet and, having a bridge deal almost and proving himself to the franchise. And he certainly uh, went above expectations and has pretty much become the centerpiece of the franchise. I mean, you have Sveshnikov who's locked up for a couple more years. And then obviously you have Slavin who's a um, unrestricted uh, free agent next year, but Having a guy like that who's eventually, after Jordan Stahl retires, is going to be the next captain. To right. have a guy like that, 26 years old, for eight more years, I, it's it's very it's very big to have a guy like that, homegrown talent. And, you know, you don't really get guys like that centers anymore that stay with the franchise and evolve. 
the way that he has. The last centers I can think of that have evolved like Ajo has is maybe a hot take is uh, Crosby, Stamkos, Braden Point, a lot of these other centers because – Bergeron. Bergeron, who just retired this year. Exactly. So congratulations to uh, Patrice Bergeron. Heck of a career. But a lot of – you don't see a lot of these guys that stay here their whole career. A lot of these players will bounce around for more money, but it just shows you the culture that – Rod has built and that the fan base has built. Yeah, and you can hear him something special. You could definitely hear in his press conference today. Uh, you know, he he wanted to be here. This is where he 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 knew in his mind he wasn't going anywhere else. Um, the organization knew he wasn't going anywhere else. You know, whatever was talked about or whatever uh, rumors were floating around out there. You know, both sides knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time getting the details ironed out. But. Um, there should be no reason, you know, he'll be 30, what, 35 years old at the end of this upcoming contract. Um, there should be no reason he, he does not retire a hurricane. And I'm, I'm sure we'll be looking up someday and seeing the uh, number 20 in the Raptors. So um, I'm, I'm pumped. I love Ajo. He's my favorite player. Um, I own the home Jersey, the away Jersey, the stadium series. I, I just love Ajo. Um, so today was great for me. And it was on his birthday, so uh, great birthday present for him. Um, yeah, totally pumped. Um, but any last any last thoughts on that before we move on? No, it's like you said. You know, great birthday present, making uh, nine point seven million dollars a year, uh, and finding out in your birthday. Um, but like you said, he's gonna retire. Hurricane. His jersey is obviously going into the rafters. And I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be the greatest hurricane of all time when his career is over. The off season. I mean, this off season has been the most eventful off season in my recent memory as a Canes fan. Uh, well, I mean, if at least in the last five, six years, I mean, the, the, the amount of, I mean, just the, the kind of splash that the Canes have made into free agency, the, the, the rumors that, they're involved in everything in the NHL. I feel like um, it's pretty exciting time, pretty exciting off season to be a Canes fan. Well, let's just, let's go over who we lost first. And then we kind of talk about, we'll talk about uh, uh, who we signed or who we re-signed. So uh, we're looking at those that, that we lost. We've got uh, Shane Gostas bear. Uh, he wound up in Detroit, I think on a one year, uh, a little over four uh, per year. Max Pacioretty signed with none other than the Washington Capitals, one year at two two million. Um, I'm curious what your take is on on patches. Like, uh, I guess the money's fine, but I thought that you know the, the talk was that he wanted to stay in Carolina. He had a good experience here. We took care of him. He played five games, um, but I, you can kind of see as the offseason progressed why they kind of moved on from him. Yeah, I mean Pacioretty, you feel so bad for him because. He was a he's a pure goal scorer when he's healthy, but unfortunately he tore his Achilles and then comes back. I thought he came back a little too early, and you know he had yeah, yeah. three goals uh, immediately, and then immediately uh, you and I were at the game and we had both left, and then I checked uh, my Twitter and saw that he grabbed his Achilles, and I was like, okay, well it's over for him, and it's one of those things where. You can't take a gamble 
on a guy who's coming off two Achilles injuries. Right. And at his age, you know, you have money to spend on healthier players and younger guys that can do the exact job that he was brought in to do. It's just, it's unfortunate. I understand why he didn't want to stay here, but it'll be interesting how he fits into Washington's system. And I want to know your take on the Pacioretty signing for Washington. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if he, it was necessarily he didn't want to be here. He may have wanted to be here. It's just, I don't know if we were willing to pay him, um, you know, any more than a you know league minimum. But if he it, good for him for getting another contract, because um, I mean, it very easily could have been the end of his career, to be honest. But I wish him the best. I, I just I can't help but think what could have been. I mean, this time last year, um, I don't I don't remember what date he tore his Achilles, but it's probably in time, February, I think. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the initial injury back. Yeah, yeah, yeah last yeah, off yeah. season. Um, but it was so exciting. I mean, you just think of the roster. I mean, we needed this goal. We needed goal scoring. We picked up Patch Ready for you know just his cap hit. Didn't give anything up, and then that happens, and it's kind of like a punch to the gut. But um, what could have been? And you know, like you said, yeah, I thought they brought him back a bit too early. I would have been more comfortable closer to the trade deadline, maybe bring him back for a deep run. Uh, but they chose, you know. If he says he's ready to play, the doctor said he's ready to play, then I guess he's ready to play. But, you know, maybe he'll go to Washington and and tear it up. Maybe he'll be, you know, maybe he'll be on IR all year. I don't know. I wish him the best. Um, I just don't necessarily wish him the best when he plays the Canes. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> but when uh, we look at another uh, player, obviously, Gossip's Fair went to Detroit and you and I both expected that he wasn't going to sign with Carolina because no. Ghost last year in Arizona had a $5 million contract and he was playing on the first line in Arizona, but Arizona's defense is not as deep as Carolina's is now. Um, so I'm happy for him to get a deal in Detroit, but everybody, there were some people that were really high on him staying, but you can't really have a guy playing on the third line making $4 million. And you already have uh, Slavin, who's your um, best left-handed defenseman and arguably the best defensive defenseman in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And you have Shea, whose contract is getting ready to expire, who's $5 million and, you know, he has one year left now and he's not going anywhere. The ghost uh, signing – you know, didn't surprise me. And then you also had DeHaan, who was uh, in and out of the lineup for the entire season. And McEachern signed with St. Louis for two years. And I honestly really liked McEachern when he got called up. You know, he made an Same, impact. Yeah. But, like, the one thing that we needed to address this offseason was the physicality. And we'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, he was a bigger body playing the wing position, and it was nice to have a guy like that. But, you know, I can see why they didn't re-sign him with uh, the lack of experience and everything like that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, McCachron, I think uh, he, he played with St. Louis before. Um, and so he has, he has a history with that organization. And, you know, um, 
you know, he may have wanted to go back there. I mean, I, I thought he was great, you know, coming in in the playoffs, you know, hasn't, hasn't been with the team since gosh, what training camp comes in, put produces, puts up some points, scores, um, you know, really kind of, I mean, he, play, he did exactly what they needed him to do. Uh, so I uh, hated to see him go. I, I would have loved to see him hang around, uh, play some fourth line, but you know, it's, it's, it's getting crowded in Carolina for sure. hundred um, percent. But I just want to go back and touch on ghost quick. Uh, and, and another thing right off of what I just said, it's getting crowded in Carolina. I think Gosses bear is um, just, I mean, he's just a cap casualty and we can, there's no way that we can bring him back at what he wants. He wanted to go get a bridge deal. He wanted to play first pair minutes, kind of bet on, bet on himself. And then next year when the cap goes up, go get his big deal. And, and he all signs point to that being possible. Yeah. I mean, um, I agree. Yeah, for sure. So uh, just to kind of go back uh, to finish going down through who we let go, uh, Andre Kasha one game out of him this past season, but uh, unfortunately he's dealt with some head injuries. and So unfortunate. I was really excited to see him play. Um, and I remember them talking about, you know, he was fine. Uh, the first game he took a hit and woke up the next morning and was just, you know, something happened and, you know, with head injuries now, you know, you have to be super careful because it's a liability and he's obviously had a history of head injuries. So Right. And nobody even knew about it, didn't they? They got on the plane and they, they flew on the annual West Coast road trip after game one, after opening night. And then I think it was against San Jose, sit down to watch the game and no Kasha. He scratched uh, for head injury or upper body injury. And then we never see him again. So. You know, real quick, I did see today um, scrolling Twitter, and I don't know how. You know, I don't know if this is speculation. I don't know if you know what this article was, but um, somebody was talking about Pula Yarvi uh, was has been shown some interest from New York Rangers. So I don't know if that's accurate or not, but uh, I just want to bring that up. So uh, maybe there is some interest throughout the NHL. Maybe we'll see him again. Um, in the NHL, but probably not for Carolina. Yeah, and so the guy, we talked about the guys that we let go, but free agency this year, the Canes made some surprising moves, as you and I uh, both talked about. Orloff signed with the Hurricanes for two years with a 7.75 AAV, and Michael Bunting signed a three-year 4.5 AAV, and then later on, uh, we'll talk about Lemieux and D'Angelo, but I want to get your thoughts on the Orloff signing and the Bunting signing. Um, shocked, surprised when it happened. Um, I remember the whole fiasco of um, Twitter on on July first on uh, Free Agency Day, and uh, I was trying to you know get the updates, and uh, I was getting angry because, well, just like everybody else, couldn't get the updates. And then as soon as my finally my Twitter feed refreshed and there it was, uh, Carolina signed Dmitry Orlov. Um, I couldn't believe it. Like I didn't I didn't expect it. You know, Carolina never does anything like that. The literally, arguably, the number one uh, free agent 100%. in the class this year, right? But um, I mean, you know, you know, like everybody has kind of speculated that the the salary might be a little high, but um, you know, your two year term. And I think it's great. I mean, he's he's what we need, you know, physically, 
Um, he can, he's got an offensive flair to him, uh, solid defensively. He's, you know, he's just all around defenseman. He's great. Um, you know, in most areas that are, that you look at him. So, um, I'm pumped about it. And, you know, I would talk about later about how I think, uh, where I think he'll play and who I think he'll play with, but Michael Bunting, another one, you know, he's physical, he's a pest on the ice. Um, he's, he's what we've been missing. And, uh, you know, put it all together. I think it's, you know, I think it's great. I think the, the term is good. I think the, the salary is good. Um, especially, you know, hopefully he produces like he produced in Toronto. Um, you know, he was playing with Matthews and Nylander, but. No, I mean, I agree. Uh, when we signed Orloff, I, w- I was just like you. I was shocked because it's not like Carolina to spend seven million dollars a year on a two-year deal uh and even with the aho uh re-signing you know obviously he was gonna get a uh pay bump from his previous contract to sign a guy for two years and a total of almost i around 14 million dollars is it's a bridge deal i understand why they did it to be cautious and be careful but when you look at orloff uh when he was playing with the Bruins in the playoffs. You know, he only played seven games, but he had eight assists. Um, You need a guy like that on your second unit, and that's what we brought Ghost in for to quarterback that second unit. And what I have seen uh, people talk about and people cover is Orloff is not a dump and chase guy, uh, but Orloff is a – is a guy not very not very tall, but he will skate the puck in, create chances, and I think that's what the Hurricanes have been missing out of a left-handed defenseman. Because you look, you have Slavin, Shea, and then your left-handed defenseman on the third line. But we'll get into the rest of that. You, you know, you bring in a guy like Orloff, and then like you said, Bunting, a pest. The Hurricanes, for the past couple of years, whenever they play in the playoffs, have been pushed around, and there has been some pushback and fight back. But with bunting, you need a net front presence and a guy who can get on your nerves, and that's what I think every NHL team has except for Carolina. Um, But now we have that, and we have a couple more that we'll go over um but yeah real real quick on bunting i uh just to add one more thing you know you you kind of like you just said he kind of plays into uh you know Kane's style right shots from the blue line um you know second chances rebounds um he's good at getting to the dirty areas um you know in front of the paint and uh in front of the crease and um i think it, you know it's if he plays like like he knows how to play. If he plays like he has historically played, he's going to have a ton of chances. No, no, 100%. I mean, last year, and obviously he was playing with Austin Matthews, who's probably one of the best centers in the NHL. But mm-hmm. uh, 23 goals, uh, 26 assists, 49 points, and a lot of those were uh, assists from Matthews. But if you look at, if you look at Bunting's highlights – when you look at it, whether it's on the power play, whether it's on uh, even strength, he's always in the dirty areas. You know, if he shoots and he, you know, if it the goalie stops it, he's there to follow it up. Right. You know, and the Hurricanes have been lacking that 
the past couple of years. You know, they've had some players, you know, that will do that, but to have a guy like Bunting to be consistent like that and to get in the dirty areas and follow up with the second chance uh, shots, I mean, that's that's huge. That's huge. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, sign me up. And then we have, obviously, what shocked a lot of people in controversy uh, was Brendan Lemieux, one year, uh, $800,000. And I understand why people are against this guy. But as a fan and as a person that's watched, watched him, this is a guy that the Hurricanes need on the fourth line or to bring in as an extra just a guy that is just constantly annoying, draws penalties, stands up for his teammates. Because, uh, like I talked about earlier, during the playoffs, you know, we weren't physical, you know, glimpses right. of physicality. But, mm-hmm. you know, to have a guy like that, I, every NHL team needs to have a player that gets on your nerves. And to have a guy like Brendan Lemieux be brought in is more than we could ask for. Yeah, and I mean he doesn't he doesn't provide much um uh, as far as hockey goes, <laughs> but um but yeah, you know, you do. Every team needs a guy. I mean and you know, you can say we're beyond the enforcers age of hockey or whatever. Um but I uh I would argue that not so fast uh there's still room for a guy like that. Um you know, he's not going to play 82 games. He's not going to He's not going to put up a ton of points. He's when I understand he's a great locker room presence. And then when you play um, a Florida or you play um, a Washington or whoever it is, you want to, he draws in against teams that, you know, we know games, we know are going to be physical games, whether it be a rival, whether it be Kachuk in Florida or whoever Um, you throw him in a lot of that riffraff after the whistle uh, goes away, right? Yeah, I mean, I I love it. I mean, a lot of a lot of the game has shifted to uh, skill and puck movement and shots, setups, you know, and everything like mm-hmm. that. But I, like you, still think there needs to continue to be grit in the NHL because it, it's a phys- it's a physical game. You no, know? it's hits are supposed to be, you know, you, they're supposed to be, you know, at a certain point. But when you're playing like playoff hockey or regular hockey, I mean, the rest let him play. And to have a guy like that who will throw his body around, I mean, Lemieux is a small guy, but to have a guy like that on your team, especially like you said, during those rivalry games, whether it's Kachuk, Washington, New York, any anything like that, to have a guy that'll mess with your mess with their top players or anything like that. I mean, that just really is just a mind game uh, mindset and throws them off the game and it allows our skilled players to work. Yes. Agreed. I guess, you know, Oh, one more. Uh, how could I forget? Um, <laughs> Tony D'Angelo. Uh, we news came out yesterday. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is back in Carolina on a one year, $1.6 million deal. Uh, it kind of makes him whole from his buyout uh, in Philly uh, and, Puts him back up to five million from the buyout, and then our one point six. Um, Twitter was a mess yesterday <laughs> over this, to say the least. But you know, I don't hate it. Um, I, 
you know, all, all the political stuff aside, all the, the, the room, you know, is he good in the locker room? Is he a cancer? Is he all that? Whatever. All I know is when he played in Carolina in 2021 and 2022, he was none of that. Um, from the hockey standpoint and what, you know, what he was on this team, uh, I don't hate it. You know, and here's what I envision. I envision, so, so now we have the ability, it looks like this defense is shaping up um, to have a solid defender and an offensive flair on each pair. You've got Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns. I mean, you know, if that holds, obviously I'm pretty sure it will, but, uh, you know, Brent Burns with the offensive flair, he's still, you know, still solid defenseman. And then you got Jacob Slavin. And you look at the second pair, it could possibly be Orlov and, um, you know, if, if the Pesci trade happens or whatever, we'll cover that later. But you slot D'Angelo in there. And now you've got Orlov. Um, and then you you kind of, you know, he can kind of cover for D'Angelo in a way. And then you've got an offensive flair on the second pair. Then you look at the third pair. If Brady Shea plays alongside Jalen Chatfield, Brady Shea's no, uh, no slouch offensively either. I mean, he just had his – he just scored the most goals in his career past season. So, um you know, I kind of see what they're doing in a, in a way, and um, you know, I'm I'm here for it. No, I mean, we talked about how when D'Angelo first signed to Carolina two years ago, everybody, I mean, it was, I 95 percent of the fan base hated it, and I, you know, I understand why, you know, but like you said, politics and you know other stuff aside. When he was at Carolina, when he was quarterbacking the power play, he he looked like a man on a mission. Uh, he uh, he had his best uh, season of his career, and you know I was kind of disappointed when he got traded to Philadelphia. And you know once um, Philadelphia didn't he he was doing well at first, but then Tortorella came in, and you know there were some disagreements, obviously, and. There was a trade uh, set into place, but the NHL uh, put a hold on it because it was yeah, not within thing, right? uh, yeah not within a year. And then when that time came, we didn't see we didn't see anything. And what we'll talk about later is you know with Eric Carlson and everything like that. And once I saw he got. Uh, let go. He got bought out by Philadelphia. I didn't think the Canes were gonna take a chance on him because that contract and that trade, you know, just didn't go through. And then, like you said yesterday, when the signing happened at one point six million dollars, I mean, that's a that's a big, big acquirement from Carolina because obviously he's not gonna go on the first power play unit because Burns is like all of us call it in our section, the alpha male of our species, because he's just like, <laughs> he doesn't age. And D'Angelo, obviously I assume will be on that second power play unit with Orlov. Um, if everything goes the way it looks like right now, are but, you to play two defensemen on that, on that second power play unit? I, I think so because you have Orloff who is was on the power play in Boston and mm-hmm. can move the puck, can shoot uh, quick, and then on your right side you have D'Angelo and 
you know, it all it all depends on what the Hurricanes are done doing. If they're if they're done with their free agency moves and trades, which they're, I think they're not. Yeah, I don't think um, they're. I could see that pairing, but we'll see. And we forgot to cover Coglin resigned with Carolina uh, with a qualifying offer, but he's obviously you know just going to fill in when somebody's injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I like the idea of having him on the second power play with Orloff, but I'm not opposed to seeing movement. Yeah, to seeing mm-hmm. movement go uh, go around. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, they there was points this past season they had two defensemen on a, on a on the same power play unit. So, um, I mean, if it works, you know, it's worth a shot. So, um, but let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about. Um, the UFAs that we re-signed, um, you covered, well, Coglin was an RFA, but we covered him. He's, he's back, uh, probably as our seventh or eighth defenseman, depending on, uh, what transpires here over the next, uh, month or so, couple months. Uh, but we, we, we re-signed Jesper Foss to a two year, $2.4 million per year deal. Um, so I was so worried Foss was going to leave. I love that dude. Yeah, he's um, great, great player. Yeah, that line's got to stay together. But uh, then brought both goalies back, which um, was very interesting to me when it happened. I, I figured one would be back, but I didn't figure both. I thought it was Kachekov's time to step up. But uh, Freddie Anderson's back on a two-year, three-point-four AAV deal. Uh, Auntie Ront is back with one year uh, at one-point-five million. So. Um, hear your take on this, but I think what's going to happen is we're going to roll it back with uh, Freddie, Ranta, um, and Kochetkov. They'll, they're probably all three going to play just like last year. And I think after this year, we see Ranta leave, um, and then it becomes Freddie and uh, Kochetkov going forward. But I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. What's your thoughts? Well, like you, I was shocked when Anderson and Ronta re-signed. I'm not upset with the contracts. Um, you know, Ronta's a great backup goaltender. And, you know, and the thing with Anderson is, and I think most fans can attest to this, is when he is healthy, he is one of the best goaltenders in the NHL when he is healthy. But that is like 5% likely and you saw him battle injuries you know this year and some uh last year and we missed him last year uh during the playoffs but when he played for us in the playoffs this year i mean he he looked like a vesna goaltender in the playoffs yes give me round two and and easter conference final freddie all day no i mean yeah i mean Having a goalie like that is, I mean, because the Hurricanes, we have always had, you know, Cam Ward obviously was a godsend when we um, had him, but Carolina has always had a problem with goaltenders. You look at some of the old contracts, like, for example, Scott Darling, which was a Mm -hmm. dumpster fire of an ordeal. But bringing back Anderson and Ranta, I understand 
But like you surprised that Kochekov wasn't being uh, brought to be a backup because I thought, you know, I had suspicion that Ranta was going to be re-signed. Um, but Anderson, I thought he was going to ask for a bigger deal. And Kochekov obviously is with us for four years. And he's the future. Yeah. And I understand why they have Freddie and Ronta back. But it's also one of those things when we saw Kochekov play as because he's a young guy. When he played, you obviously could see some holes in his game. Yeah. Uh, one of them was shootouts. Um, one of them, uh, one-on-ones or, uh, two-on-ones or three-on-ones. Um, and I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get him repetition and they're, they're trying to give, uh, Freddie and Ronta, uh, more playing time and have Kochekov watch and learn because that's the only way he's going to get better. Because if you throw a guy like that immediately after signing a big deal and say, here, you have the reins, this is your job now. And something happens, you know, everybody's going to question, like, well, why didn't you wait? Right. We we already talked about Coughlin. We already talked about Ajo. And that's – well, real quick, you know, one of the things uh, that was highlighted today in the uh, Ajo press conference, um, there's a little nugget thrown in by Don Waddell about um, the remaining UFAs for next year. Um, Brett Pesci. Brady Shea and Tavo Teravainen. Um, sounds like uh, both sides are too far apart. It uh, doesn't sound like any progress has been made. Um, but he did say, and, and one thing I want to hear your thoughts on, he did say, he, he hinted to the fact that he is prepared uh, or he's planning to start the season uh, with those three on the roster. Um, is, do you think that's a bluff? Do you think that's just uh, him letting the – you know, the landscape know that, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to trade anybody. I don't think that's true. I To to have uh, guys that two defensemen are making $5 million or, well, Pesci's making four and Brady's making five. And then Tara Vinen is obviously going to be bumped down to third line and is getting paid over $5 million. And we've already heard the speculation with Pesci and, you know, he's talked about, you know, he wants to be a hurricane for life. And, you know, I, I understand, I understand he's a great defenseman, but from what I've heard, he's asking way too high. I think that it's time that Carolina, you know, maybe looks at dealing Pesci and giving him a, place where he can thrive like he did in Carolina and, you know, get the term and the money that he wants. I just don't, I don't see him being on the roster in the next two years. And the same goes with Brady Shea. He, you know, it's one, it's one of those things where Brady, has a lot of positives in his game and he has negatives in his game. And, you know, he's obviously going to want a pay increase because mm -hmm. 18, I think he scored 18 this year, didn't he? 
Yeah, I think so. Eighteen or nineteen, yeah, somewhere around there. But you all with Carolina, you also like we talked about with Orloff and you know D'Angelo. I mean, you have you have your your defenseman that can score and that can get points, and then you have Brady Shea. I mean, you're not moving Slavin, you're not moving Orloff. Well, do you do you pay do you pay Pesci or do you pay Shea? If it comes down to it, who do you pay? If you have to pick one, who is it? Who are you keep? <laughs> I think it's I think it's. I would pay Pesci, but if he's asking for over six years, then I wouldn't take I wouldn't take the risk. And I want to know what you have to think. I take one? Brady Shea on the better deal. I take Brady Shea on the left. I, I think I think uh, I think Brady Shea gets a less uh, less salary. Uh, I think Brady Shea uh, takes less turn. I don't think I think Pre- Brett Pesci is looking for max contract here. I think he's 100%. looking for eight years. Um, probably somewhere around the sevens, probably you know, and and, and we're, we're not going to pay that. Um, I think I think Brady Shea comes back for less term, uh, maybe four years, and you know, but I could be totally wrong. But um, given that, you know, my assumptions there, I, I pay Brady Shea. Um, Pesci's obviously a little more solid defensively. Um, but his offense is not that. I mean, he's you know he's got a little bit of offense to him, but not that of Brady Shea. And you know, like kind of like I talked about earlier, you you see what they're doing um, on defense. You see their plan. You can see it starting to take shape. No, and you know the offensive defensemen are there. The the point getters are there offensively. You have Burns. You have D'Angelo, who's going to thrive in Carolina. Um, again, Orloff and Slavin, who, and that's the only defenseman I would give Max term to is Jacob Slavin. For sure. Um, and then Brett, you know, so Brett Burns, D'Angelo, those are your two offensive guys. And mm-hmm. you're looking at that uh, third line. You have Chatfield, who is more defensive. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're left with, your third line and you're not putting Shea down there. You're not putting Orloff down there. Right. I I don't see Shea going to his offside Mm -hmm. on the second line. I mean, he may be playing down there this year. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I just don't, I just don't think it'd be a good fit. Um, And like, and I'll um, push us into this uh, next topic is the hurricanes are involved still I guess still with Eric Carlson. And this has been a huge event for the past almost month. If we were to acquire Carlson, who would you give up? Where would you put him? Oh, well... I wish you would ask me a week ago. I'd have had a better answer, but um, I mean, look, if we, I kind of think that I, I kind of think that Carolina is out on, on Carlson in a way. I mean, it's not, it hasn't come to light. There's no rumors around it, but I feel like the D'Angelo signing was kind of like the, the, the kind of sign that, that we might be out, but going off the last report, right. Carolina's still in on Eric Carlson. Um, 
I think we're at what our cap space right now is just almost 850,000. So you're assuming if the, the, the Carlson trade happens, you, you need at least $7 million, at least, um, you know, do the math. Pesci's making just over four Shays at what? Five, a little over five. Um, I mean, move those two out maybe. And you bring Carlson in, you slot him, um, you know, you, I guess I guess you slot him up top with with Jacob Slavin. Hundred percent. Burns bumps down to play with Orlov, um, and then you know maybe maybe Chatfield plays his offside. Uh, I guess that's what you do if you bring in Eric Carlson. I mean, you could throw in uh, Teravinen into the mix. Maybe he factors into a trade somewhere. Um, but you know these guys all have uh, modified clauses you know they can what is it 15 teams for for Tara Vinen. i think it's the same for for pesci so um they're you know they're not they can't do what canes can't send them wherever they want i mean there's this has got to be thought out when the carlson news came out i remember last year when we were involved with the kachuk you know trade it's waddell will always stick his foot in the water just to mm -hmm. see you know what they're asking for and obviously they're asking for a huge return um and obviously Kachuk went to Florida, superstar, and I mean, pretty much single-handedly carried that team to the Stanley Cup. Um, right. So with Carlson, if you were to ask me, like you said two weeks ago, I would say all in, go for it. But right now, I think a priority, in my opinion, is we saw Tarasenko, that deal fall through. I was really excited about that possibility. Yeah. Um, but I think happen. it can, it can. But that would be a thing where you'd have to get rid of Pesci and pot and most likely get rid of Taravinen. And right now, I think what the Canes need is a right-handed center, yeah. uh, like a Lindholm. Or, and I want to know your thoughts on that. Well, it's been reported over the last week that um, Evgeny Kuznetsov would like to make his way out of D.C. If he comes to do that in Carolina, I'm here for it. Let's do it. I would like to see a trade. But the only thing, the only problem I have with that is I don't want to send somebody back that way. I would like, you know, if it could be a three-team thing or, um, you know, we could get him some other way. I don't want to, I don't want to see Brett Pesci in a Caps jersey. I don't want to see Tara Vine in the Caps jersey. Uh, but, you know, that's an option. Obviously, Lindholm would be my first choice. But, um, and I believe Kuznetsov is, a, is he, is he, a, he might be a left handed. He's left handed center. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, that would, he, he would be great behind, uh, between Sveshnikov and Natchez. Could you imagine? I mean, I, I mean, Kuznet, I mean, he's, He's a little he's a little bit older, but I mean when he's on, he's he's like thirty one, I think. But I mean when he's on, he's phenomenal. And if you like you said, throw him with Svechnikov and Natchez, I mean that's just going to be a deadly second line. And obviously, um, if you're looking stall, I would put him at the fourth fourth line and mm -hmm. put KK down to the third. Yep. Um, but there's still, you know, there's still some 
I there is still something cooking that the Hurricanes need to pull the trigger on because all I think it takes is just one more move. Yeah. And I think that this is the team. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be. This could be the year. I mean, I've said that two years in a row now. Um, but, you know, each like last year during this time, I was like, okay, we look better than we did a year ago. And I'm saying the same thing again. Um, maybe it is, but if it is, I'm going to be sitting in that seat. Uh, and I'm going to be watching it live. So um, I'm, I'm pumped. I cannot wait for this season. Uh, final thoughts. What do you got? Man, I'm super. I'm super pumped for this season. I'm super excited to start this project uh, with you. Can't wait for what's coming in the future. And uh, if you haven't already, please follow the podcast. Follow our socials; they'll be posted down below. And just thank you for listening. Yeah, super pumped. Thanks, AB. Uh, again, I'm Griff. Uh, this has been session one, and we'll see you for session two.